Welcome back to Plan the Wall. I'm Alec. And I'm Haley. But before we get into the interview, I just want to make sure that you're subscribed and follow us on social media. We're at Fly on the Wall Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or if you want to give us some feedback, email flyonthewallpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Today we have Robert Flock and Colleen Wen on the podcast. They both have fascinating careers in lobbying and on Capitol Hill. Uh, Robert is the Associate Director of Advocacy for Legislative Affairs at the Credit Union National Association and previously worked at Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, and Shrek, a firm where he also managed their PAC. Colleen uh, is the Legislative Director for Representative Kathleen Rice, a Democrat from New York, uh, and used to work in many positions for Representative Steve Israel, also a Democrat uh, from New York. And, best of all, they're both Hoyas. Robert graduated from the class of 2009 from the college, and Colleen got her master's in public policy from what was then the Georgetown Public Policy Institute, now the McCourt School, in 2010. They were both on campus last week for an event uh, in the hipster series here at GU Politics. That's Hoyas in Politics and Public Service, a career-focused series we have here. Definitely make sure to check out those future events, but for now, let's just welcome Colleen and Robert to the pod. Colleen Wen and Robert Flock, thanks so much for coming on Fly on the Wall. We're very excited to have you. Um, so I want to start off and talk a little bit about what your jobs are like. So uh, Colleen, you work on the Hill as a legislative director, and Robert, uh, you work in government relations. So just your career path's a bit a bit different, um, but tell us a bit day to day about what you're doing now. What does your job look like? Um, I uh, thank you again for having us on. Um, I guess there's two buckets of my job. I manage our policy policy team, so I manage a, a team of three legislative assistants and um, help them with their work and make sure their work aligns with my boss's um, policy agenda. And then I have my own set of issues that I also handle and do similar work. Um, I focus on mainly healthcare, trade, and tax. And so I'll spend some time managing my folks, talking about their projects. I'll take my own constituent meetings or stakeholder meetings. Um, If my boss is in town and voting, um, I'll be talking to her about what she's voting on the floor today. her thoughts on those on those votes. Um, I will meet with my comms director, my communications director, um, so we can be on the same page in terms of how we communicate her work and her day to our constituents. I'll stay in touch with my chief of staff to make sure she's looped in, um, and I'll just honestly will listen to what the constituents are are calling about. Um, you know, our ears are always open and. Uh, we're hearing sort of the pulse of our constituents and uh, making sure the work we do aligns with them. So in a typical day, I'm doing a number of things as our House Republican lobbyist at CUNA. Typically my day starts getting a download of the happenings from the day prior and things on the agenda for that day by reading various newsletters. I'll typically head directly to the Hill, usually for a breakfast meeting with a member of Congress or staff. Um, 10 a.m. or so, if there's not a congressional hearing going on, I'm back at the office catching up on emails. Sometimes I'll have internal meetings on specific policy issues uh, or planning for an upcoming hearing events, what have you. Um, again, lunch, usually with a member of Congress, sometimes with other lobbyists. In the afternoon, again, congressional hearings, internal meetings. Uh, on a busy day, I'll have several receptions in the afternoon and early evening, followed by a dinner with a member of Congress. So. To summarize, constantly with members of Congress, congressional staff, and other lobbyists talking about various issues and making sure we're being heard on the Hill. So clearly, uh, legislative staff and lobbyists seem to interact quite a bit, and we'll get to that uh, more in a minute. But just to kind of round out this topic about uh, 
your current job and how you've gotten there, um, which is certainly a topic of interest to Georgetown students who are maybe trying to chart similar paths. Um, Colleen, you worked in a variety of positions on the Hill before you became uh, a legislative director in LD. So, you know, talk about your path from intern uh, to where you are now. What sort of new responsibilities have you taken on uh, each step of the way? And uh, what sort of advice do you have to students who might want to uh, take a similar path? Yeah, I, um, I interned in the Senate uh, when I was in college, got the bug, knew I wanted to come back down here. Moved to D.C. after college, but didn't uh, get on the Hill right away. A lot of people are able to get that first job right out of school, and it took me about five years um, to, to get that first job on the Hill. I got, when I, before I came on the Hill, I got um, my Master's of Public Policy here at Georgetown, and uh, there was one more tool in my toolbox, which was great. And um, finally got on the hill, started at the bottom as a staff assistant because that's what you do, even though I had five years of work under my belt and uh, I had a master's degree, but I was a staff assistant and I drove my boss, and, uh, but I worked my way up in the office. I hustled because I, I felt b behind and I wanted to, to progress quickly, so I said yes to every project. I did every project at 200%, um, and I just soaked in all of the institutional knowledge that folks around me had gained being on the Hill. Um, and that's my best advice is just to, to just soak everything in and really see what's going on around you and learn the institutional knowledge because so many smart people, um, but, you, but if you don't sort of pick up the, the nuances or the politics of the situation, you'll be behind. So I just made sure I had eyes wide open and uh, was saying yes and doing well to progress. And Robert, so during your time in your uh, previous job at Brownstein High at Farber and Shrek, you, in addition to your lobbying work, you manage the firm's PAC. Mm -hmm. um, so how is that different from lobbying and what do you learn from it? So it was an interesting experience. I initially did not anticipate I'd have that responsibility, but about six months in, uh, took over that role and worked with our PAC board and team over there. Uh, you know, separated from lobbying and they're obviously related in terms of the policy and political world. Managing the pack enabled me to know all the various campaign operatives, fundraisers. Um, so again, folks who are in the same world, but kind of a totally separate role. It was important for me to see how those two, you know, two worlds interact. Um, again, you know, from my perspective, my current job, political fundraisers enable me to have another opportunity to visit with members of Congress and talk about our issues. Um, so again, even though they're separate, very much related, and managing the pack was a great experience. Great. So now I want to move into a little more uh, about how your two jobs interact. Um, working on the Hill for you, Colleen, and uh, Robert as a lobbyist, um, clearly you interact with you know people with each other's jobs a lot. Uh, and a lot of people who have jobs on the Hill will go into lobbying or something like that afterwards. So uh, Robert, starting with you, how do you go about developing relationships with staffers on the Hill? Um, and do you think you have to work harder at that than some of your colleagues because you didn't work on the Hill prior to going to, into lobbying? So I found a big part was taking initiative. When I started my current job about a year and a half ago, I proactively reached out to financial services committee offices, uh, staffs and other offices to introduce myself. Typically, they were amenable to a meeting with me uh, to discuss your various issues. Um, I find oftentimes it's helpful to have a relationship before you need to work together on a specific piece of legislation or other issue. Oftentimes, if you're going to someone for the first time, you need to build a certain level of trust before you're able to work together closely. And over time, those relationships develop. 
Um, so being proactive is critically important. The other thing too is finding some sort of connection to the specific congressional district. So whether you have stories from back home with our specific credit unions or you have numbers and figures you're able to share with them, that's incredibly helpful. Oftentimes lobbyists are a source of information. So sometimes I'll hear something that maybe they haven't heard. Uh, and it's really more of a conversation as opposed to me asking for something, or at least that's how it should be. Sure. And then Colleen, uh, you probably get more meeting requests from uh, lobbyists and other stakeholders than you could possibly take, uh, just given your time constraints. So how do you decide which ones to meet with and what stands out to you about um, lobbyists who really get your attention? I've always been committed to pretty much meeting with anyone who will ask. I think that for the vast majority of people, um, it's part of our job and we, we have to prioritize that. Um, especially when there's a when there's a connection um, mm -hmm. and credit unions are in our district. There's plenty of other um, stakeholders that truly represent folks in our district. But um, you know the the most helpful lobbyists are folks who are just helpful. Um, whether it's just providing information, um, explaining their issues to me in a way that is actually is is, is helpful. I know I said that already. Um, people who are honest. Uh, the most helpful lobbyists are ones who I can ask, um, you know, your the other side of your issue. Um, what what is the what is their most legitimate claim? And but why do you still oppose it? Um, the good lobbyists will be able to tell you that. The mm -hmm. not so good ones will say, I don't know, or there isn't any opposition. And it's like, okay, there is. Um, <laughs> there, there almost always is. Um, and so it's really folks who, who are honest and I know I can trust um, to have, who are not going to jam my boss and who um, will help me make the case for my boss. And sometimes it's getting me information about the district connection. Sometimes it is um, explaining why they may not be a, 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 to say a drug manufacturer may not make this medicine in our district, but every hospital in our district uses it. And that's why it's important, things like that. Um, they're able to provide me that information to educate me about the issue, um, both the policy and the politics of the issue, um, so that I can make sure my boss is on, whether it's signing a letter or um, a bill, that I know that they are um, they know her interests and that our interests align. And so then, uh, for both of you, just building off that, you know, can you think of a time, Robert, where? Uh, you think that you, in, in your capacity, really struck a nerve with a member of Congress or their staff and might have um, affected their position on an issue? Or, Colleen, is there a time that you've had a meeting with a lobbyist um, where uh, they've, you know, really hit home with you and uh, changed the way you think? I find the most helpful strategy in those types of situations is to be able to have an open and honest conversation where there is that level of trust and be able to discuss not only this specific bill or activity that's occurring now, but how that might impact things four or five steps down the line. So it's great if we can get it built through the Financial Services Committee, but is it going to go anywhere on the floor? If the answer is yes, what's going to happen in the Senate? So really thinking ahead and gaming those scenarios out before you ask someone to do something is incredibly impactful. I think... Um the the folks who are sort of the most um, truly the most honest about their issues, I think, are ones. And so, if we've had issues where very controversial issues, and you have the two sides, and you know, one side the sky is falling, everyone's gonna it's gonna be horrible for everyone, and then you have folks on the other side who make an argument that's just a lot more 
measured and a lot more sort of step-by-step um, makes it easier for me to go to my boss and say, here, here are the issues. Um, we've had that with just a number of issues where folks have tried to come in and say the sky is falling and you can only come in so many times and say the sky is falling. It hasn't fallen yet. Right, yeah. Into, right? So it's been, so there are definitely times where, and that goes back to the trust issue mm-hmm. um, and sort of, and the varying levels of just like there are better staffers than others, there's better lobbyists than others. Um, and they, they meet when they can have those honest conversations um, to help each other. Great. So last thing, one final segment we like to do here on Fly on the Wall is called the lightning round. Pretty much what it sounds like, we'll give you a short question, first answer that comes to mind. Um, So number one, you're both Hoya uh, alums. Uh, Robert, you did your undergrad here. Colleen, your MPP here at McCourt. Um, So since you know the area, you know Georgetown, uh, favorite Georgetown restaurant? I'd go with Martin's Tavern. It's the oldest. It's got a nice feel to it. The Tombs is fantastic, but... If I can only go to one Georgetown restaurant again in my life, it would be Martin's Tower. I love the tombs. Just because there were choice. many evenings after we had a long days of work and then we went to school here um, and we just needed a beer. Two great choices. Uh, and then last one, what is your favorite part about your respective jobs? Mm. Uh, mine is every day is different. So while I might be dealing in the financial services space, we inevitably have issues arise with other committees, whether it's the Arab Services Committee, Energy and Commerce, Judiciary, others. So I'm constantly meeting new people and discussing new aspects of our industry. I really like that every day, even in small ways, I can advocate for my constituents um, on small needs, big needs. Uh, it's just really, it's really gratifying to even do that in a small way. Colleen, Robert, thanks so much for being on Fly on the Wall. Um, we're excited to, we're very excited to have you. I'm looking forward to your event tonight. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fly on the Wall. Make sure that you subscribe and follow us on all our social media. A reminder, we're at Fly on the Wall Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you have any thoughts on this interview or want to get involved, just email us at flyonthewallpodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you again next week. It'll be me and Haley again with a great interview. But you'll have to wait to find out who's with. We'll see you next week.